Wait, is, is it in French? Is it like a French film? No, it's like an American remake of it. Okay. But his penis is American. I don't want to see his dick well. in French, all right? <laughs> <laughs> his wee wee. His wee wee. Wee right there for uh, Gordo. The, the joke was so obvious, and you went pee pee. Like, it's, 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 it was like right pee pee la pew. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if it's a show we want to greenlight or cancel. This week we're going to be talking about The Bernie Mac Show. The Bernie Mac Show went 104 episodes with five seasons on Fox. Today we're talking about episode one, which was called Pilot, originally airing November 14th, 2001. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, the boys... Ferg, Joe, Nick, and Gordo. What's going on, guys? Yo. Hey, yo. You waiting on yourself? You ain't fixing a piss up in here. The funny thing about this show is this is created by Larry Wilmore, who's done a million amazing things, like create the PJs. Living in a homey bungalow. But he also plays Mr. Brown in The Office in the episode where they keep telling Michael he can't do the Chris Rock impression. Oh, and that's do the him? Chris I didn't Rock realize that. Impression, and it's so hard for me to not say every Bernie Mac line doing the Bernie Mac voice. I just like keep thinking that this is like a weird circle. It's like a snake eating its own tail. Right off the bat, I want to get into it. S1E1Pod.com. That's where you can go to find all the links to our social medias. S1E1Pod on X and Instagram. Uh, we've been saying before, if you leave us a five-star review, which you can find all the links again on that website, S1E1Pod.com. We will uh, follow you back on any social media you want, kind of as a thank you for leaving a review. Those mean a lot to us, so if you could go ahead and do that, uh, that would mean a lot. And speaking of The Office, too, we've got some goodies hanging around, and we do want to do a giveaway soon, so... Yeah, we're going to get something together real soon, uh, like a proper giveaway. But as far as the Bernie Mac show, guys, did you guys watch this back in the day? We kind of said this a lot of times with different shows. This is that era where we were all in high school, weren't watching as much TV, so I'm aware of the show, but I don't think I really watched it. Same. I'm familiar I love, with it. I, I love this remember. show. Surprisingly, yes, I watched this. Wow. There's one that we all did for the most part. I mean, Furry City watched some of it. I'm with you. I saw it occasionally, but usually we weren't home. I think it was a Friday show, too, wasn't it? I don't yes. recall. I don't remember. But Gordo, you actually, this is a rare sitcom you did watch. Yes. I watched multiple episodes of this uh, whenever it would be on because it did play. I, I, I know it played like on a night when it was live, but it also got a syndication run at some point, too. It seems like a summer show, too. Like it would have been randomly on in the Once summer. Once it crosses that 100 episode mark, I would say it's almost a definite that it's gotten some syndication. Yeah, I don't think I watched it in its original run, but whenever it was on TV, I would watch it. Like, I wouldn't turn it off. And this went five seasons, so it definitely hit the 100 mark. Yeah, the show won me over before I even saw a single episode, because I remember the commercial. It showed him running out of toilet paper and running down the hall with his pants down, yelling, Don't look, kids! Don't look! <laughs> yes. And I was, I was hooked on this show before I, I even saw a single thing. Plus, I love Bernie Mac. So I love Bernie Mac too. R.I.P. Bernie Mac. Yeah, Mr. Three Thousand. Great. The movie. best part of the Oceans movies. That's movie. all the Oceans movies. Yeah, I wonder what number they'd be on if he didn't die. We talked about it recently too, but the movie Life is kind of like a forgotten gem from that era that I think needs to be reexamined. Which is a movie about like in the Depression era, 
Martin Lawrence and um, Eddie Murphy get sentenced to jail for a crime they didn't do and have to be in jail for like 60 years. And they're just surrounded by funny people, one of whom is Bernie oh, Mac, yes. who plays the he plays like the guy who's trying to sleep with the other inmates. And then dang, <laughs> he just talks the whole time in like a southern pat, like a Louisiana patois. It's very funny. Frog, um, you mentioned this earlier. This is one thing I wish I had time to go back and keep count of because you mentioned him running down the hallway in the trailer in a different episode than this one. The amount of times that there was like back and forth down the hallway in this whole episode was a lot so of hallway much. running, constant hallway. Yeah, it's, it's like, like shining. It reminded me of like a Tim Burton movie. Like even like the floors, they had the checkerboard thing, and like the, they did the long hallway scenes. It's a lot of shit Tim Burton does. A- like, asterisk, asterisk. A Tim Burton movie before he made movies that nobody wanted to watch ever again. There yeah. was a lot of unorthodox things done about this show. I feel it like. was by design, and I I read up a little bit before recording today. And Joe, you mentioned Larry Wilmore earlier, and. He wanted to do a single camera style show, like after watching the show called 1900 House, which was everyone acted like they were in the 1900s, I guess, the early 1900s. That's a clever name. <laughs> but everyone actually acts like they're in the 1800s. It really throws you for a loop. But at the time, single camera like comedy was not very present. Like we knew there was a big burst right around this time, but I guess probably in the creation of the show, there wasn't a lot to go by. And he wanted to look kind of like. Like reality, found footage-ish type of thing. Documentary like, style. It's supposed to be that kind of mix. I mean, it works because he does he does talk to camera a lot in this. Well, this reminds me of, uh, did this come out around the same time as Titus, before or after? I have that in my notes. This reminded me a lot of Titus It does as well. feel like it, yeah. I didn't think about that, but I, it does now that you say I it. I thought Titus touched the end of the 90s. I don't remember the exact date now. I think Titus is before this, but this definitely, and they're both on Fox, so yeah. I think that Titus was definitely an influence. Oh, for sure, because just the way that the whole show is set up is exactly like Titus. I think that this show, he, the fourth wall breaking and him jumping into the actual scene. From, yeah, from that. Doesn't happen in Titus, but, you know, it's definitely had a feel to it. And I thought that they were on in the same time, too. I mean, the end of Titus may have touched the beginning of this. Although I wish that every time Bernie Mac looked at the camera after he was done, you heard, vroom, vroom. <laughs> like every time they would cut away from a Titus talk. Titus was 2000. What year was this? 2001. 2001. So yeah, they would have overlapped. Titus was actually, wow, that's funny. I really thought it was like late 90s. Me too. Another thing I wanted to bring up too with Larry Wilmore is he was fired by Fox during the second season because they felt that the shows, like, there was, like, creative differences about the show, and they were kind of disappointed with how often the show was getting laughed. They felt there wasn't enough, like, laughs in the show, which I'm not going to, we'll talk about this as we go along. It's a sentiment that I definitely fell wa- watching this, and Nick, I had mentioned you days ago to kind of track your laughs when you watched it, because Fox's concerns, I guess, were similar to mine after watching, and I was unaware of that note, but... Kind of weird to just, like, the executive producer and creator of the show to just can him in the second season after a successful first season. First season did pretty well. It's a dark comedy, though. I feel like you don't chuckle the same way in a dark comedy. I disagree, too. I laughed a lot during this episode. I had some, I had some laughs. I laughed almost not at all this entire episode. Really? I actually wrote down when I genuinely lolled. I always try to do that, so remember, and I know there's at least two of them, so we hit them in my notes, I'll let you know. I don't want to... 
Like, I didn't want to talk to you guys about it before we recorded. <laughs> so that's why I kind of held <laughs> a lot of that in. But I wanted Nick to kind of track it because I know that was like a metric he kind of wanted to look towards doing more. But when I watched it, I was like, this is just, it's where, like, there was not enough comedy for me, like, throughout the thing. There was very few laughs. And Bernie Mac is someone who I find very funny. And I felt like they weren't utilizing his comedy quite right because they really wanted to hone in on that realistic feel. So I did my laughs per minute, right? I have it. And I realized two things. First of all, the fact that you're doing it kind of, you know, it's like what they say. It's like if you're part of a study or an experiment, the fact that you're aware of the experiment changes the experiment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like that might have been the case with this. Second of all, I've never officially calculated my laughs per minute for any other show. So I have zero baseline. Uh, so I guess this would be my baseline right now. When I talked about this originally, I think I brought up home improvement as what made me think of this. Um, so I'll have to do it for a, an episode of that show and, and see what it is. But I will say this got 1.46 laughs per minute. Which I okay. think is what? high for a that show. That is pretty high. For every minute to have like almost two laughs, like that's a pretty high number. I think like twice the whole episode I found something funny. I don't really laugh when I watch these. I don't audibly laugh, but if I find something entertaining or like gives me okay, like a smirk, okay. like I don't need to laugh out loud. It takes, it's, it takes almost, it's impossible for me to laugh out loud. One time in this show, I laughed out loud. I will say this, though, much like was it last week we did George Lopez? Lopez versus Lopez. Lopez versus Lopez. I do have a soft spot again for Bernie Mac, right? So he's just he's another one of those guys who's just inherently funny standing there saying nothing to me, you know, so I agree. Him talking about cigars is weirdly charming and funny. (laughs) Yeah. And R.I.P. dude, man. Uh, Yeah. What a bummer. What a real bummer. And I want to go over some numbers real quick. IMDb had this show rated as a 7.2 overall. Rotten Tomatoes didn't have anything for the series as a whole. Oddly enough, there was a season one rating, which was a 95% critic score on 20 reviews, a short amount of reviews. And then no other season had any info. Kind of weird to only have that one number up there. I mean, this specific episode won an Emmy. For comedy writing, which is why like, I'm like, am I, I just don't, am I watching the same thing? <laughs> I think, though, there's a difference between, like, funny situations and enjoying something versus, like, fall down laughing, right? Like, they're both comedy. Right, but what are the funny situations here? Like, I don't even know he what's funny in the situation. He runs through with a kid trying to pee himself <laughs> and tries to spank so. somebody. Yeah, little no. kid with his pants are falling. There's a lot of fun here. There is. Him yeah. spanking the child in the middle of a supermarket isn't fun. <laughs> Especially uh, while he's very funny. <laughs> yeah. It's just, again, like, it's the, not the act, but the... You know, just situation. Like the... That's why it's called a situation comedy. You have to understand the situation to find the comedy in it. One thing we haven't brought up about this show is they do almost comic book style subtitles. Yeah, to yes. help you get along yeah. in the situation. Yeah. If you're asking for what is funny, when he meets the kid and he starts screaming, and then they cut back, and there's an arrow that says hairline fracture, and you realize yes. he's screaming <laughs> he's because Bernie's standing on his foot. That's fucking funny, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's a laugh. One thing I despite watching the show that I didn't remember is that he was playing himself and not just like a character named Bernie Mac. He was Bernie Mac, the comedian on the show. I didn't either. Yeah. Like a fictionalized version of himself. That's weird. I, that's the kind of thing I would think I'd remember. (laughs) Yeah. No, I remember he played himself. 
It's weird, though. He's such a great comedian. He's so funny, yet he still hung out with Carlos Mencia. I, right? Yeah. When that, Woof. that had to be an agent thing. That's all I could think of was like that maybe they shared agents. Cause like, I, hey, this not think... funny guy who steals jokes wants to be in your show. But like, ah, oh, shit. That was before that came out. Yeah. So this was when people still thought he was funny. I never Yeah, but I also think funny, that the most comedians knew he was doing that. Like, if anybody knew at that point, it was comedians. Yeah, I wonder if... Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Did you guys see how he was uncomfortable with the idea of the character being called Bernie Mac at first? So they changed it to Bernie Man because they knew he would hate it. <laughs> so when they started going through, like, reads, he didn't like how it sounded and just went, yeah, you're right, we should just be Bernie Mac. But it was all them just kind of, like, knowing how they can get him to agree with them. This is a show about him being a burning man, being confused. Like, I don't want to come here. <laughs> Let's get into the actual episode itself. It starts with, it starts with the intro. And I don't know. It's very, the intro is kind of generic. You're just kind of getting little clips of the show and like thin slides that are moving around with this kind of like, I, honestly, it sounded kind of like public domain, like kind of funky yeah. music. Like that was, it was nothing, nothing that really stood out. I don't know if. I wonder if it changes that feel it feels very pilot heavy. Yeah, you know, like this is throw like a pilot something together. Thing. Like use free music, use clips from the first episode. Yeah, it didn't do a lot for you to like get you excited, especially where I don't know, I feel like if you're gonna go intro before like an intro scene and go straight to that, like there needs to be something that's gonna grab you a little bit more. I don't know. Smoking a cigar at a cigar store. I don't know. Cigar store, Native American statue, something. I don't know. Like, make it like about his personality more than just like, I'm standing in front of Orange. You're like, I don't know what to expect here. Or even the Seinfeld thing. Even if you didn't see him doing stand up, see him as a stand up on a stage because we're like led to believe. And there's scenes where it's like, hey, you're Bernie Mac. My kids love you. Right. Because as like Seinfeld, this is a fictionalized version of himself. He's Bernie Mac in the show. He's a stand up comedian in the show. It's. He is him, which I don't know. It's, I guess, I, I don't know how I felt about it. I mean, it worked on some shows and doesn't at times too, but it was weird. It was this weird dynamic of I've a lot of times, and I don't want to be the guy just ripping the show apart because obviously it's popular and, and you guys seem to like it. There was this element of, it seemed like in a lot of scenes, it was written that he has to come off as cool a lot <laughs> and people recognizing him and stuff. Like, I don't know. It just, he is cool. He's very cool. Here's the thing, though. Why it works that he's a comedian is because they make his wife domineering and very about her work. So she's never home. And you have to have him be at home for these three kids all the time. And the way that works is to make him a comedian who works at night when his wife is home. Like, it's it's written to be like, why would he always be here? If you were like, it's Bernie Mac and he's a telephone repairman. Like, he wouldn't be home yeah. to take care of the kids. So it's a way to, like... Speaking of the wife, which you just brought up, her being domineering, I thought it was a strange move to have her be against him taking the kids in, to put her in a bad light early. Yeah. She wasn't. She was just saying that, like, you, you just don't know what you're getting into. Yeah, and what would you mean by that? Like, don't do it. <laughs> but it was because of him. It wasn't so much that she didn't want the kids to be protected. It was like, I don't know if you can handle this. Yeah, that's what I read it as, too. Like, she knows Bernie... And maybe he just runs into situations without thinking it through. They also, they make her pretty domineering from the beginning, too, right? Where also, like, who from AT&T gave them a billion dollars? Oh, I wrote to make that down. Yeah. They, yeah. They, yeah. What is going on wrong. with all the AT&T stuff? And they don't play around. <laughs> Sorry, what year was this again? 
2001. So, 2001, I mean, I feel like mobile, yeah, I don't know. if Were they as known? I mean, we're, people were just starting to get cell phones that were like... Is this everybody... when, like, AT&T bought Singular? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. No, because I had a Singular, my first ever cell phone was a Singular phone, and I got that after 2001. Yeah, yeah. It's... Yeah, me too. I will say, though, it shines a better light in 2023 that she worked for a phone company that's still in existence. Where they could have been like, she's the Orange Julius CEO or something. Right, and be like, but well, it like you watch know. your tongue. You're gonna piss off Jay. <laughs> Singular was only phone, only mobile phones. Like AT and T dealt with like landlines, landlines, and like so they phone were, infrastructure and right, it's been a company yeah. for a hundred years. I mean, I will say it's better than being like I'm an executive for United Airlines in 2001 because I could have made their job maybe a little and. Right. So um, after the intro, we get to the, like the official start of the show and we have Bernie Mac sitting in his den and it's, the whole episode is cutbacks to and from him doing confessionals out of his den and then to like various scenes. And it's kind of interesting to see that there's people like, you know, the creator of the show and then um, one of the main producers behind the show, Ken Quapis, was a guy who worked on this. He came from the office too. So seeing all this confessional style work early on, it's kind of interesting to see that these people that were involved in the office later on. We're kind of big on this style early on this. Let's go a little bit more realistic. Let's do some confessionals. Like that's definitely stuff that carries on with later things that they did. And we have the real world to blame for that, right? Like that's where this all comes from. Yeah. I think that, you're right. Like surge in reality television in the nineties and then into the early two thousands for sure. Yeah. Cause the real world was the first show to have the like booth, like the confessional booth where you go in and talk. And like, that's basically just changed TV forever. And that was 30 years ago. Now the show had a lot of these confessionals too, especially where it's always just Bernie Mac doing them. It's like half confessional and always in the same setting. You know what I mean? Like, so it was weird to have that much of it. I felt like they could have maybe scaled back a little on those confessionals, but, or I would have liked if some of their characters had them too. Yeah, that too. Mm. Or just like, I don't know. Cause you could supplement that with some narration. So we're getting a little bit more visual going on other than him just sitting in the chair so much. She just had him Zach Morris time out and just talk to the camera then because he does cut and like he breaks the fourth wall and talks to the camera in the episode outside of confessionals so yeah yeah and the wife does at some point and it's acknowledged that they're filming a television show yeah he does specifically mention the cameras because like the office at least they finally they like at least paid it off towards on the last season where they were like oh by the way that documentary about us is coming out and you were like well i'm glad somebody's acknowledging what this is it's kind of weird that we have all these shows like parks and rec is a great example right like nobody ever acknowledges what is happening in Parks and Rec? I'm kind of okay with that at times. Like, I'm fine with it too. I'm just saying, like, your brain breaks a little bit when you're yeah. like, so we've done ten seasons and it you're just weird, talking to yeah. a camera. But it's what like are a we stylistic doing? choice, and then it it is. Yeah, but it also it ruined the Office when they had the friggin' boom mic guy. <laughs> Look, I love the first half of season nine, and I agree with you that once that happens, that season is not good. But once we get Clark and Plop, we're good. Nah, I, fuck the Clark. That's a conversation oh. for another day. It's a different conversation. I just think the first half of season nine is still very good. In this confessional, he's smoking a cigar and he's kind of talking about the cigar for a bit until he says, well, I'm not here to talk about cigars. And he tells us he's going to kill one of them kids. And uh, he's talking about how he wants to snap their necks. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, I know what you're all thinking. And he's like, I don't care. <laughs> he's like, that's your opinion. You're doing it too. It's hard, right? It's hard to do his voice. It's, um, yeah, and it's a lot of him talking about tough love and parenting. We kind of don't know that they're not his kids right away, but 
it's revealed kind of soon after. But I don't know. I just thought the intro for the tone for him to just kind of talk in the way he's talking about I'm a tough love style parent and blah, blah, blah. It's just a weird um, intro for the tone of everything. I, I don't know how you guys felt. I like it because it doesn't rely on the theme song. We're like, Ferg, I know you love those classic theme songs. But like, if this show was 10 years earlier, it'd been like, Bernie is a Mac and his sister does crack. And then she <laughs> lost her kids. Bernie's got them kids. I don't even like them kids. Bernie's got them kids. Green light. They'd never address it, right? Like that would be the whole thing. I'm okay with you telling us the story. I want to know why we're getting to where we're getting. It's just more a matter of, I think that opening dialogue with him going straight into like, I'll whoop these kids' asses, I think is just a weird first time you hear him speak. Yeah, but then from there, he goes into the story. He goes, and they're not my kids. And I'll tell you the story and whatnot. I think the fact that it goes from there to him being on the phone, being like, what do you mean he turned you in? Like, at least you, it does give you enough. And like, I like that it doesn't beat it over your head that you're like, you can piece together like, okay, his sister's got a drug issue. The kids are going to go there. I mean, they spelt it out. She should have been dead, by the way, not just have a drug issue. I, it opens up storylines for later, though, if he's if she's yeah, alive. Apparent, he, the mom can come back at that point. It opens up other storylines if she's dead, too, but they're sad storylines. But if she's if the mother was dead, it would explain why the kids act up the way they do. And I think it well, this made still more does. Sense. They come from a home with a drug addict mother. Like they're probably being both parents are in jail. Yeah. They're in the projects. Yeah, like, they deal with a lot. Like th- there's enough on the plate for them to act out. But I think that the I don't know. I would have maybe cut out that opening monologue confessional because there's so much of that anyways. And start right with the phone call, and then you cut to him explaining why he was on the phone with his sister. And I think that would have been kind of like a raise your eyes, right? If the first confessional thing was like, yeah, my sister does drugs, like, would be like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? That would have been interesting, too, yeah, because yeah. I feel like that would make him not try to seem funny, which makes him funnier by default when he is funny after. Also, the cigar talk seems unnecessary. That feels like that was his thing. Yeah. He was like, I want to do a 30-second monologue on cigars. And they were just like, you can just smoke cigars later. It's fine. <laughs> so at the end of this episode, it... It says that the show is based off of the comedy of Bernie Mac. That's every comedian sitcom. No, 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 no I get it. I get yeah. that. I'm not a big stand-up guy, and I probably haven't heard Bernie Mac stand up in a very long time. Does he smoke cigars on stage? Or does he talk about them? I don't. I've I've only really seen one of I his I remember specials. him smoking cigars on stage. He. I know he was on the King of... I think in Comedians of Comedy, he has a cigar. I just... Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure, but I just think it was a weird... He's talking about cigars for yeah half a minute, and then goes, "You guys don't want to hear me talk about cigars, like we already did." You already, like we did. You're right. right. I didn't want to hear that. It's weird, man. It's also strange that it's that's a time that you can you're okay with him having cigars on TV and being like, "Oh, these are great." <laughs> that was a time too where like, do you remember around that time when like that was around when smoking got banned basically everywhere, right? Because I remember being in a band around this time, and it was a big deal because you could still smoke in Rhode Island. Right, yeah. so like if you played a show at a club, you could smoke on stage if you wanted to. The living room, the living room, yeah. But I remember I played a show there the last night you could smoke, and people were like chain smoking out of like defiance. I'm sure I lost five years of my life by being in the room that night. I remember smoking clubs like in um, Jersey and stuff like that too. And to anybody else, people in other parts of the country, though, like ten years later, I went on tour down south, and it was like. You can smoke everywhere, restaurant, hotel, fucking bar, and it was too fucking much. Uh, we went to, when we went to Canada, we were in Montreal the last weekend that you could smoke. 
In was bars. that the last week? I didn't That's know that. That's true. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, they, everybody was giving away um, their ashtrays. I forgot about that. Oh, interesting. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, actually, only Great a times. few years ago, right before <laughs> COVID, I was in Miami and we went to a bar that you could smoke inside still. So I guess it just depends on the place. I will say this, though, as somebody who smoked and smokes, it's not fun smoking inside. We also uh, went to when we did that big, like, uh, Smokey and the Bandit run in Pennsylvania. We stopped yeah. in that small diner, diner and we fucking yeah. smoked them out. If you were bummed out, they were like, come on, man. When we took our road trip, I think it was when we were in Philly. Yeah. They did that the was cigarettes. Like the we, we go into a bar and there's like just people smoking around us in cigarettes. Smoking I cigarettes actually want to say that, that might have been uncomfortable. Pittsburgh. I think I was I think, it, yeah, whichever one came first. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. But even though, I mean, now, I mean, it's different, right? If you have smoking clubs that exempts the rules, that changes things. Me and Ferk were just in L.A. earlier in the year, and we are at a, a cigar, like, it wasn't even like a cigar bar. It was like a restaurant <laughs> that, that they allowed smoking in. And they sold so cigars. cigar places still, like, I know that there's a place in New Hampshire, like, uh, in Portsmouth. I it's a workaround. The they place. have to be, like, considered, like, clubs and stuff. And smoking. It has to be a private yeah. club. You have to pay, like, $5, and you go in to, quote, unquote, join and pay dues. But they, they get mad at you if you smoke a cigarette, though. But they're like, cigar only. And they're like, we have brandy. And you're like, there's a guy just drinking a Bud Light and smoking like a $4 cigar. Like, this is not a club. Whatever, <laughs> man. You're everyone do. No, I mean, it's like literally a store that you sit down and, yeah. Being inside a smoky room all day, though, not fun. And your house smelling like smoke. I lived in a smoking house when I was really, like, when I was in te- first apartments. And it was gross. The only room you couldn't smoke in as a smoker was my bedroom. And when we, like, moved out of that place, we pulled everything off the walls. There was a distinct color line around everything. Like, it's gnarly, man. Personally, I hate smoking cigars, too. I love it. It just stays with you. You wake up the next morning, your throat hurts. You were the one who bought us all cigars. I know. When in Rome. (laughs) I mean, that's fair. If you were in Cuba and someone said, do you want a Cuban cigar? I'd be like, yes, I do. In the moment, he he bought us all cigars. I'm like, now I have to smoke this. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I always do that on vacation. I always have have one one cigar that no, I. No, I'm over them. I still like them as kids, but I'm over them now. To, to get back into the confession a little bit, there was a point where he's talking about you know because of the issues with his sister, that's why he's taking the kids, and he doesn't want them to end up in foster care, and he wants to do the right thing. But sometimes the right thing isn't the right thing, and he's like kind of tearing up. But it's in a way that I can't tell if it's I don't know if they were fake tears like or. He was actually being emotional because I didn't know if he was I like, felt they were real. I felt the I, character was being real. In that I moment. also feel like he always looks sad. <laughs> <laughs> He's got big, sad eyes. So, yeah, I don't know. I was like, as I'm watching, I was like, I don't know if like this is Bernie Mac, the character playing it up, knowing he's on television to try to like, oh, this is like my show is starting. So I have to be emotional talking about the kids. He can play emotional, though. Mr. 3000 got me right. In the well, again, heart. I'm not talking about Bernie Mac, the the human, I'm talking about the character that we're seeing talk to the camera. The character right now, Bernie Mac. Is the character Bernie Mac trying to emote for the cameras, you know? Oh, this is too much Macception. The, yes. That's with my brain. And then we get back to him in the kitchen, and that's when the wife's telling him how, you know, what we we're saying earlier. Like, I don't know if you know what you're getting yourself into, essentially. And that's tracking her as she's getting outside, and that's when she breaks the fourth wall to talk to the camera. And she's like, Bernie Mac doesn't know how to, anything about raising kids. He's a comedian. He tells your mama jokes. So that's like, again, we're getting the reassurance that this is Bernie Mac that we know, but in character form. This is a comedian, stand-up comedian, Bernie Mac. I looked into the history of your mama jokes when they said that, because I was like, I wonder where does, like, 
Yo Mama jokes come from as far right? because we all know like white men can't jump and stuff, right? Like Yo Mama jokes when we were kids or like movies. It goes back to like they found tablets with Yo Mama jokes on them. <laughs> Yo Mama jokes have literally been <laughs> happening, and the best thing is the tablet they found that has the Yo Mama joke on it. They think was like like a student kids because there's also like spelling errors and stuff on it. So it makes it even funnier that it was like. A little kid, like, not a little kid, but, like, I don't know, a teenager being, like, writing and being wrong, but, like, fuck yo mama, which is, like, the best fucking thing ever. But even Shakespeare has a yo mama joke in Titus Andronicus, which I did not realize. It's actually super funny, because the line is so proper. It's, um... Uh, but in Shakespeare, he has a line where he says, Villain, I have done your mother. <laughs> and they think that's one of the first yo mama jokes in the history of writing. Good on you, Shakespeare. Good old Willie. Willie Shakes. Didn't they just make a remake of White Men Can't Jump also? Did you say, did yeah. he make one? Didn't they? <laughs> oh. They is in the universe. I don't think Shakespeare's been doing much did. lately. What thou is a quiche! <laughs> Everybody always sleeps on the best part of that movie, which is Rosie Perez's learning every Q word so she can be on fucking Jeopardy and then gets on Jeopardy and they ask for words that begin with Q. That's the fucking best part of that whole movie. I think, what is a quiche? All the fucking time. This is also when she's talking to Cameron, we get the first of the couple AT&T plugs. And she's saying because she works for AT&T, there's not really a lot of flexibility. So she can't be cleaning poop out of a light socket while he's, you know, recording a television show. Uh, they don't play that. They're AT&T. Gordo, was this your one laugh? Yeah, is this your real house? There was a poop comment. No. Wow. No. Yeah, it didn't land on you? No, I mean, I... I, I... It was amusing. I was more actually kind of confused. This one got at me. This line than anything because what the hell does she mean? Like clean poop out of a light socket? They're not toddlers, yeah. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like I, I'm just like, is she implying? Bernie I don't know. Mac? The son cannot piss himself. Well, that's the thing. We do find out that this kid that's can't true. control his urine. The kid's got a bad bladder, but we don't know that yet. So not like yet. the joke is just kind of confusing. She does. Yeah, it sounds like she, they're taking in babies when she says that. Oh, the little one is really young. Yeah, but she's like like three or four. Four like, is she's not. Yeah, that's that's poop light socket age. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh. So um, we get to Bernie driving to the airport, and they're in L.A. because we see that it's LAX. So now we kind of have a vibe for where they're at. And while that's happening, it's kind of a montage. So they're playing Living for the City by Stevie Wonder while that's going on, which is a great song. And definitely cost them a ton of money. This whole show's got a pretty good soundtrack, other yeah. than the I do, opening I theme. I do feel like Bernie Mac must love music, because he makes so many references to it's music. A lot, there's a lot of music references There's a lot of music yeah. in it, and it's all good music. And you're starting, yeah, again, with a big Stevie Wonder song. And, you know, I think I mentioned this before, but, like, earlier in the year, I got to check out Motown in Detroit. And there's a lot of, like, you know, Stevie Wonder played this piano, and this is, like... The candy machine that he used to get, like, his, like, oh, Henry bars out of or whatever it was that he liked. And it was just, it was, I don't know, it was really cool to see all that stuff. Like, huge, if I can recommend to any of you guys listen who are going to be in the Detroit area or live in the Detroit, if you haven't done the Motown tour, like, you absolutely have to do it. I couldn't recommend it enough. I've always wanted to go. I've only been to, I've been to the Sun Records Museum. That's Memphis, in Memphis, right? yeah. That's on my hit list. I, I'd love to see that. It's a good one. But I've always wanted to go to the, because that's the studio. It's the actual studio recorded everything in Motown. So I'll say during this montage, this is the first thing, for me, the first thing I thought was funny that like really like struck me is in the montage of him getting to the airport and going through security when, um, so first someone recognizes him as he's walking and this is 
kind of the first, like, okay, he's a known person. So we know, like, kind of his level of fame here. When there's, like, that, like, monk holding the book out or whatever, and, like, he just assumes that it was it's Harry autograph. Krishna. Harry Krishna, yeah. And he just grabs the book and signs it and walks off. Like, I, I did find that to be funny. I also thought that was a, a slight nod to the movie Airplane. Me too. All right, glad you thought that too, yeah. Because there's the whole Harry Krishna scene in Airplane. <laughs> and when he gets to the gate, he's met by this agent who tells him that there was, like, a like kind of an issue on the plane. And now he's walking with the agent down the jet bridge into the plane itself. He takes him over to where the kids are. We find out that, like, the kid Jordan, who's, like, the middle, there's two, there's three kids. There's um the two girls and the boy. The boy's the middle one. So it's Vanessa, Jordan, and Brittany? Brianna. Brianna, I'm sorry. And Jordan, I guess, peed himself while he was on the plane. As we said, there's a lot of urine issues with this kid that we see throughout the episode. When he gets there and greets the kids, the noise that Jordan makes, it, like, cut into my soul <laughs> that screech that he made. Is that a good high pitch? I yell? agree. It was very gross. I do like that they, they went from that straight into the confessional thing again, where he, like, it almost like that scream woke him up from a bad dream the way they cut it. I thought that was actually really good editing. That's where I think the confessional works in this, is you jump from a scene into it, and then you can go back. Like, he has his thoughts on it without having to, like, look at the camera in that moment. The way they tackle it in this episode, it's the confessional is kind of used both ways, right? It's to reflect on past events, but it's also happening in the moment a lot, where there's yeah. things happening outside of the yeah. room. So they kind of two-tier it. But I think, yeah, maybe if they had used it, I don't know, I, I think they should have toned that down a little bit, but here I really like the way that, that it got cut. And we do find that that was because when he went to greet him, he stepped on Jordan's foot, and, he, and that was a hairline fracture. Because you get that, like you said, there's like those captions, like the, it almost looks like handwriting that's like written over the screen. It's like comic book style. Yeah, you know what I, I kind of thought too, like when they show, um, like on, when it would be like ESPN, and you have like the analysts that were writing over the plays and stuff, and you can see them like drawing on the screen, kind of had that vibe to it too. Yeah, especially the way that it was drawn. I thought, like, pop-up video, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Also, I think we've talked about this before, but every single episode of pop-up video is on YouTube right now. And it is the best. Oh, that's good to best. know. You have, you have brought that up before. Yeah, it's the best. Like, we've had nights where we're like, ah, I don't want to, like, do something. Why don't we just, like, play a game, like, play, like, Uno or something, and just, like, put that on for, like, a six-hour loop in the background. It's amazing. Every time you turn around, you're like, oh, Ozzy was on a crazy train. That's very interesting. And you just like, go back to what you were doing. It's so fun. Does it include the 90s commercials? Uh, I don't. The ones I saw didn't have those, unfortunately. Damn. So while they're driving, he's telling the kids how, like, you know, being with me is just going to be like living at home. And that's when Vanessa's like, oh, you live in the projects too? And he's trying to, like, get away from this. And he's like, um. And they drive by that, like, Randy's donut, like that giant donut. Who wants a big ass donut? Who wants a big ass donut? Who wants a big ass donut? Did anybody look into Randy's donuts, by the way? No. no. They have big ass donuts? So they do have big ass donuts. That's a real place. Yeah, That's I know the, the place is. It's a very the famous one. spot. Yeah. yeah, in Inglewood. But I looked into it, and it's so funny when you go to like a website for a place and they have like the location thing, and it's like, we found 34 near you, but it's just all of their locations. They didn't like geotag you. Yeah. There's just 34. And it's like, there's, like, seven in California, a few in Nevada, and then, like, there's more in the Philippines than there are in the U.S., and then there's a bunch in Saudi wow. Arabia and a bunch in South <laughs> Korea. There's very interesting branch locations, and the first thing I've said is, like, do you want to open your own Randy's Donuts? And I was kind of like, 
Yeah. There's five of us. How much money can we get together to open a franchise? Is this our calling? Uh, no, it's not. I'll tell you why. Because living where we live is Dunkin' Donuts country. Or, I'm sorry, just Dunkin' because why the fuck not? I say donuts. Fuck them. Yeah, and me too. You guys remember when Krispy Kreme tried to come into Massachusetts? Like the loyalist people. Of better Massachusetts donuts, better were, coffee. Yeah. Everything they made was better than Dunkin' Donuts, but people no, are they, like, oh, they, no, dude, we need fucking Dunkin's, dude. You, you can't fucking come in here with your better coffee and better donuts. Wait, are you going to put my iced coffee inside of a styrofoam cup because my dainty little hand can't hold the iced coffee? First of like, all, fuck off sweat. all of you. No, 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 no. First do you do of that? All, yes, do you do I that? Do. We are I not do. friends. <laughs> I don't care. That's also not why Krispy Kreme failed. Krispy Kreme failed because they gave you a free donut every time you went. And they were so sweet and so sugary. You didn't want more than one. Thank you. So it just One was delicious. I would have happily given you $3 for a donut and bought a coffee. But you gave me a free one and then I bought the coffee. And you make less money on your donuts at that point. I Mm -hmm. thought I would get diabetes. Yeah. They were so sweet. I remember what a big deal it was when they first came to Boston and we were all like in line. I don't don't remember who was with us and who wasn't. I know we had a couple cars worth. And you got through the drive-thru. And they're like, welcome to Krispy Kreme. How many dozen would you like? And we're like, yeah, wait, yeah, what? Yeah, how many dozen? I was like, <laughs> yes, yes. I wanted to try a donut. <laughs> like, like, I'm sorry, you could only get 36. Like, really? We're all in a car like, um, I don't know, five dozen? How many do we want? <laughs> <laughs> how many dozen do we need? Like, That's still the only time I've ever had a hot donut, though. And man, oh, off delicious. the line. Very delicious. Good. All of the ones up here are now urgent cares. And it's just kind of depressing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like, banks. Yeah, it's a bank or an urgent care. I remember the first time I went there, though. I'm a person who really likes dark coffee. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts-style, like, kind of diner coffee. Even their dark roast isn't, like, actually... No, the midnight. Roast. I happened the other day, and I was like, this is the best they can do, and that's fine, but it's not my thing, really. But I remember went there, and the first time I was like, can I get a large coffee? And they were like, sure. What kind do you want? We have seven flavors. And they weren't, like, flavors like blueberry. They were like, medium, dark roast, double dark. And I was like, oh, my God. I knew I liked it too much. They'd close. I don't want to do the long coffee talk because we've done it a million times. A yes, please it. don't. <laughs> but I do want to ask because Gordo flashes Dunkin' Donuts cup. Gordo, I don't know your coffee order, but I assume it has way more dairy in it than I would ever order or a dairy supplement. I'm sure it's a very light color. How much cream and sugar do you put in your coffee? Uh, so this is my, my Dunkin' order in case any fans out there want to order the Gordo. Are you an man. extra, extra guy? No, God, no. I have. I always get a medium iced coffee medium ice french vanilla coffee with cream sugar and a turbo shot because you need the turbo shot in there the espresso shot for it to actually taste like coffee and not watered sugar do you know what would make that better for you if you didn't get french vanilla coffee you fucking psycho you just got coffee flavored coffee it's a shot oh, it Joe, like fucking coffee. relax over here with your fucking i drink my black coffee no sugar no flavor <laughs> nothing i want people to know i'm fucking cool all right you know what flavor's good you put shit on your cheeseburger yeah because it's good sometimes you add things to things because I they drink taste milk good. in my hot coffee okay? i put milk don't in act it. like some french sort of vanilla fucking is not coffee, coffee elitist over here because oh, you don't geez, like flavorful Louise, coffee this is why we can't have the coffee talk, all right? <laughs> you guys Hold go on. for the throat. No, I fucking hate people who do that because there's a lot of you out there who are like, oh, fucking flavored coffee. Grow the fuck up. It tastes good. All right, Jesus Christ. Christ. I'm going to ask you a quick question. And I'm all on board for making fun of Joe. But at what point in time did Joe live in the Bronx? I don't know. It just came out like that. He doesn't even have <laughs> a Boston a... accent, let yeah. alone a Bronx. <laughs> no discernible accent. I can't do Joe's accent. Joe could, yeah, Joe could be like the male Siri. He has, there's no discernible qualities <laughs> like his accent. Like, that's right, Nick. That is not real coffee. Yeah. 
anyways, to go back to this, so they do pull over for a big ass donut, but none of the kids seemingly wanted one. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Did they not want them or did they not get them? Did he not ask? Because it just cuts to him no, driving did. later and eating a donut, <laughs> he, and it seemed like... He's a, he's a smart guy, though. He bought multiple donuts knowing they would want some, because they're being nervous, because they don't really know their Uncle Bernie, right? No, he asked them, and the oldest, Vanessa, said, we're not hungry. Right, and then, he, so, they, they she doesn't want one. The youngest eventually does. And I think the first time that he, like, breaks any ice with them is while he's eating it. He's like, you know what I should have got? A big-ass chocolate milk. And that made Jordan laugh. And that was like the first time the tension was cut in all this time because it was just, it was very heavy, right? <laughs> Under the circumstances. This is heavy, yeah. I don't get, I mean, like, was he laughing at chocolate milk though? Because they weren't laughing at the big ass thing earlier. Was chocolate milk his like funny line? I think the idea of Uncle Bernie, Uncle Hard Bernie drinking chocolate milk is funny. Uncle Hard big Bernie. Big ass chocolate milk. <laughs> Hard Uncle Bernie. What's was that, worse? Was that maybe a misstep too to go back? Because like I said, this is the first time that they show them finding him funny. Maybe he should have cracked a joke on the plane instead of him fracturing the kid's foot. Well, the fracture was a, an accident, to be fair. Bo- yeah, but it was a bone-chilling scream. Yeah, he didn't like run in and just be like, ah! <laughs> Stomp his I fucking foot. hate you kids. You're going to ruin my house. My AT&T bill's going to go up and steps on the kid's foot. You're about to ruin my new school and my old school. James Brown would have hated you. They pull up to the house. And when they walk in, I felt like, did you notice like the shot again? This is kind of, I think goes back to the creator saying that he wanted to have this kind of real footage vibe. It almost looked like security camera. It was like a really high angle camera, like looking down at the, the front door on the inside hallway. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. It sort of looked like to me, and I think partially because of the way it's designed, it's like very orange and brown. When they do any of the house shots like that, where they go through the sort of exterior of the house, it looks like Boogie Nights. It's a strange-looking house, too, even on the outside. It has, like, a Mad Hatter vibe to it at at times, yeah. Like, decor. I think it's, like, the ugliest fucking... His den is okay. It's not well lit. But it's... (laughs) Yeah, it's, like, dark. Everything's brown and, like... It's It's brown and orange, yeah. It's checkerboard floors. (laughs) And a lot of leather, too, which anybody who has a pet ever just wants to have leather chairs and can't. Like, I've wanted to have a leather chair my entire life, and just it's impossible if you have animals. Why? Because they scratch it, Gordo. If <laughs> you never had, you've had dogs your whole life. Also, you don't want a leather chair. In the summer, you sit down, you stick to that shit. Well, that's because you Donald Duck when you're at home. There's <laughs> a difference. If you're wearing shorts, then you won't stick the same. <laughs> I hate when my balls get stuck to leather coaches. <laughs> For with a spatula trying to get back up to go out. It's like the scene from Joe Dirt. With the I'll, shit, I'll shit the pizza guys here. <laughs> It's like when uh, Jay would wear this leather vest in the auditorium and it would get stuck to the wooden back of the chair and be fucking 300 people in the auditorium silent like before a play and Jay would have to like adjust himself and it was just... <laughs> like a co- perfect acoustics. I mean, it's a marvel how well that room was uh, created, you know? I want to get back into a little bit of the how they shoot this because I mentioned kind of that weird shot going in. Uh, Ken Quapis, who, again, was like a producer and worked on The Office as well, I guess in preparation for the pilot, was just watching a lot of French New Wave films to prepare because he wanted to have like an interesting, like different style of look. Interesting. Like Godard films? So that actually explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, Breathless and 400 Blows. I, I haven't yeah, seen yeah. any of those. Those are Joe? very famous films. Uh, I will say this. It's a funny thing. I get in a fight with my wife all the time. Breathless is like one of the most famous movies of the French New Wave. Of course. 
But there's a 1981 maybe remake of it with Richard Gere where it's Ooh, he's it's dreamy. basically like you, everyone should see this movie. I we fight all the time cuz I'm like it's the superior Breathless. Uh everything Quentin Tarantino ever did was basically just take this version of Breathless and like make it into the 90s. Wait, Tarantino did it? No, no, no. It's just like it's clearly the thing he then took. And it's like oh. this sort of forgotten movie because it was Richard Gere kind of in between American Gigolo. But it's amazing. It's really, really good and really worth a watch. It's like a weird 80s cocaine update take on Breathless. It's really fun. So by the time that came out, had the world already seen his penis? Uh, no, you see it in that like three times, though. There's a scene oh. where like I-, I laughed at it because I had seen it a bunch on TV when we were kids, and I bought the Blu-ray of it. We're watching his it penis? on a giant TV on Blu-ray. Well, no, he jumps on a bed, and his penis flops back on his belly, then flops back down, and I fucking lost it laughing. I was like, I never noticed that as a kid when it was playing on like an Wait, SD. Is, is it in French? Is it like a French film? No, it's like an American remake of it. Okay. But his penis is American. I don't want to see his, his dick well. in French, all right? <laughs> <laughs> his wee-wee. Le-pipi. His wee-wee. <laughs> Wee-wee's right there for uh, Gordo. The, the joke was so obvious, and you went, pee-pee. Like, it's, 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 it was like right there. Like, pee-pee le-pew. His Monsignor Happy. Ducksworth. Uh, <laughs> somebody breaks a layup. Or Richard's gear. so the kids are greeted by their auntie wanda for the first time and as she's hugging them all there's a point where the youngest goes um i'm so happy jay i had to replay it twice i had to replay it too i have no idea what she said so she did say can you spend the day with us aunt wanda but i had to listen to it maybe four (laughs) times to get that it's like this was the best take (laughs) We did 70 takes, just fucking the cut girl, it. The girl was cute, but she wasn't, like, ready to be an actor yet. <laughs> she was just a little too young. She, was, You know, like, when we watched Full House and we found out that uh, Jodie Sweetin was, like, four in that episode? You went, what? She's only four? Like, she was a phenomenal actress. She's a great actor, yeah. This girl wasn't ready yet. <laughs> you know, and I don't know the rest of her career. I didn't look her up, and I'm sorry, but in this, the whole... <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like Rick Moranis with the bunny singing Twinkle Twinkle to the Sun. And I will say this, Jay, this kid. is her first acting role and she doesn't act anymore. Just for whatever okay. that's worth. But she had a five year run on a hit show, so that's good. I hope that she got good money and saved it, you know? Good for her. They knew her role. She just had to be adorable. That's all she needed. To right, do. like she, she was have like a very a, yeah. cute little girl. Yeah, like the tracks as cute like five year old girl for sure. She she pulls that off. Also, uh Aunt Wanda can't spend the day with them because of AT and T. Again, like, they had to have sponsored this. Man, AT&T just pulling families apart. It's the worst company ever. Also, this is when you start noticing, too. You notice it in the car, and then you notice it here, too. But, like, um, the boy keeps coughing. Like, that's, like, a big thing yeah, that keeps coughing yeah, up. And it yeah. starts happening here pretty hard. Do you think if AT&T did actually sponsor this episode, do you think they watched it back and went, uh, hey, we wanted fun plugs. Not that we're a take-no-shit-from-our-employer's uh, company and we want to split up families. I was thinking the same thing. And there's a line earlier than this where she's like, at least that's what I think. Or she says, like, allegedly or something. So I think they added that later because they <laughs> yeah. probably were too hard on AT&T. There's all those stories. There's, like, I forget his name. He was, like, a famous family annihilator who, like, he lost it in the 70s. He, like, lost his job. And it's, like, they, this story has, like, come out a bunch where it's, like, he, like, got his 
like my baby takes the morning train like he put a suit on every day and he'd like he's going to work but he had been fired like for six months and he just like told his parents he was like leaving or his his kids and his wife he was leaving and then eventually he was like oh no they're gonna take the house what do i do and he just like slaughtered his whole family and like Jesus. Moved away. oh wow yeah fun it's a, it's a light-hearted story but that's what i think she's doing i think wanda doesn't actually work for at&t i think she just tells bernie she does and then she goes and spends all day at like a cafe or something and in season six if they kept going she would have killed the whole family yeah they'd never find out because he's famous and rich so there wouldn't be money problems it's true. And she could have erased all the phone records. Well, she still if she still has friends there. I didn't read that conspiracy theory on the show. That's because you stopped subscribing to my blog and I'm mad at you for it. It's not that I stopped subscribing. It's just um, they auto-download. I get to them when I can. Bernie's now taking the kids on like a tour of the house and he's walking around and kind of laying down all the rules of the house and just how things are going to be. And essentially, like, they just aren't allowed to touch anything in their new home. And... Specifically, the TV, the DVD, the double-deck VCR. Does this date the show? We talked about that earlier. Does talking about a double-deck VCR? Oh, yeah. well, no, because Joe, I think, has all those things still. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I have all I have DVD, Blu-ray, and VCR hooked up at the same time in my living room. But there's no need for a double-deck VCR anymore, I will say that. Because that was to copy one tape to another. That's, and that's pretty much unnecessary now, because you can get... If anything, you're using it to copy it to digital and stuff like that. Where's this Laserdisc player? Man, Laserdisc is one of those things where it's like Laserdisc and like Minidisc and uh, what was it HDDV? Remember that? There was like another HD one that was DVD. before they, Blu-ray. They got beat out by yeah. Blu-ray. They were battling which would be the next thing. And right, they were like kind of small. Like all yeah. those things. It's funny as we go to like a bunch of antique malls and junk shops, you can just get every movie that was ever released on Laserdisc for 49 cents. And sometimes I'll buy one because the cover of them is so cool and it's so big. They're like a dirty, hairy one downstairs. Yeah, I want I want to get the Nightmare on Elm Street one. It's actually kind of collectible, but like, I never realized how big they were. They're the size of a fucking record. They're 12 inches, yeah. Are they Are they the same? I was meant to ask. Is it like a 12 inch? Yeah, it's the exact same size. On that note, too, we, we see his CD collection, right? This is, seems to be his like prized possession as a CD collection. What we talked about like his love for music and all these older songs. I'm kind of surprised it wasn't a giant vinyl collection. Agreed. He has his vinyl collection, though. But that was before vinyls came back, if you remember. CDs were the best. I know thing. that they were, like, the hot thing at the time. It's just the style of music he was listening to, you would have thought he would have... I would have thought. I know that it wasn't as... To me, he should have had records in the bottom shelf, and then that should have been my old school. But that's what that's he should have oh, yeah. referred to. Because he says he has his old school, his new school. Were those school. records? I thought those were CDs as well. No, they were no, all CDs. those were records. They were all they CDs. They looked like CDs, CDs to me. No. Yes. Go back and look at the tape. We will, and like every time we look at the we'll tape, recheck corner, how does this one. usually end? Because I remember tracking it when I watched it and said he should have said my old school is my vinyl, like my record is my vinyl. I'm not saying vinyl is Gordo, that's the wrong term. Uh, and then he should have, my new school is the CD. And then he should have, I don't know, I wish he had something. I wish he's like, and my James Brown. I wish he turned and had like a life-size James Brown or something. You know what I mean? It's just James Brown is standing there. He's still there, just sweaty. <laughs> Shout out Jimmy. <laughs> I loved that his happy rap is specifically kid and play. I love right? it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I love about that too? Him and Wanda are both in House Party 3. Oh, Ooh. that's that's a, that's a nice tie-in. So it's like a nice tie-in, but also I love kid and play. When he said my happy rap, I was like, that's my favorite kind of rap. I love happy <laughs> rap so much. That's another one they remade this year, Joe. White Man Can't Jump and, and uh, House Party. House they Party. House Party? Yeah. Is it kid and play's kids? Nope. 
It's just a re- flat out remake. Do I need to watch this? I feel like I, don't I didn't watch, watch it actually, so I shouldn't definitively say that. Yeah, I love Kid and Play. I love the House Party movies, except for the fourth one. The fourth one's not great. I don't know if you guys have this with, with your parents. There's like certain weird things that my mom will always like call or text me to rem- like anytime House Party's on. My mom remembers <laughs> that I liked it as a kid and will be like. Hey, I just want to let you know house party's on. I'm like, thanks. I'm at work. What do you want me to do about that knowledge? <laughs> well, so much. I also love that your mom is tracking when kid and play are on TV. It makes me so fucking happy. It's just like, it's not like modern day, 30 years later, I'm still like walking around with like listening to kid and play at home and wearing kid and play shirts or anything like that. What Jay isn't showing here, because he always wears a hat, is when he takes it off, his hair just goes like, whoop, to a straight Like in high school high. <laughs> oh, high school high. He's got cars that go through it. Do you guys have things like that where your parents just kind of have this, like, sticking memory of something from the past that they still think is prevalent no. today? Yeah, my mom always sends me fart videos. You still love fart videos? Yeah, that's not exactly. different. It doesn't change. <laughs> that's not the past. That's your present in your future. <laughs> Gordo, it's your forever. What? That's that's what we do. Mama Gordon loves farts too. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Gordo, I love you and I love your mom. But this all makes a lot of sense right now. Oh, my mom my mom finds farts just as funny as I do. Does your wife? No. My wife has no sense Didn't of humor. Didn't think so. No, it means she has a different sense of humor. I would say that just because she doesn't find fart humor funny doesn't mean that she has no, no, no sense no. of humor. No, no, she will self she will say that she does not have a sense of humor and my mission in life is to try and get her to crack a smile. But instead of showing her like Caddyshack, you just farted her all the time. Like I think you're going ashes in the wrong fucking direction. Hey honey. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's time to change the approach. <laughs> it will be like me being like, hey, look at this video, and it will start something, and then it will be like, you know, it'll be a big fart. And then she's like, oh, God, that's gross. And I'll be cackling. And then she's a normal human being, and she's like, well, that's not funny. Or she'll hear me, like, wheezing in the next room laughing, and then she can hear me come over, and she's like, I don't want to see the fart video. In fairness, you, like, to her admittance, she she says she has no sense of humor. I'd like to think that Joe and I have pretty good senses of humor. We also don't laugh That's at those debatable. Videos. Don't think it's funny. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you would think that, but, you know, it doesn't make it true. Don't somebody just say, what? Well, I certainly don't think that's funny. <laughs> Joe, come on. <laughs> Cut it out. I love the character. Look, I love the idea of the darkness that Joey is just a sad, failed comedian. That is a fun thing to watch Full House as an adult with. He can't even win on Star Search. Fuck off. So anyways, uh, we get back to the another confessional, and he's telling us, like, why he's so hard on the kids, because he thinks that, you know, tough love's good for them. And then, what did he say, that he hated school because of recess? Because, uh... Yeah, because he, he, he doesn't play. play. That's <laughs> something you and Brady Mack have in common. You yeah, either of you went to recess. I left so hard, he was like, he hated recess because he got put on the fence for a whole year. No, yes, no. Bernie Mac doesn't like recess, so he didn't participate. Though. I loved recess and was not allowed to participate. And it was a very different thing. Uh, we need to come up with a shirt of Jay on the fence. <laughs> it will like... be a chalkboard that just says Jason, Jason, <laughs> yes. Jason, yeah, yeah. Jason. Good idea. 
Um, no, I, well, listen, first off, we said this a million times, we need to design a bunch of shirts and have them out and like get a store going. And and I promise you guys, we will work on that and get that done soon. I also did speak to somebody the other day about designing a Pond Scum Tour 89 shirt. So. Oh, nice. And I don't think that people necessarily want shirts based on us individually so much more than sitcom so, no. related things. But the obvious thing to do would be a Nirvana theme, no recess. Um, it's right there. It's an easy design. Is it you and it's you naked in the pool? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Now we hear a crash in the middle of the confessional and he like runs off to see what's going on. And I read on this too, like, so when he runs, I guess in a typical sitcom, obviously what would happen was the second he gets up, you're going to cut to him running into wherever the noise was. They wanted to feel more realistic. So that's why he gets up and leaves and the camera just stays on the chair because it was meant to be unexpected. So because no one knew that this was going to happen, he runs off and now we're just hearing audio of the incident while we're just looking at the chair. It's funny now because you say this is the, you know, the second person in, involved at the office. Is this like the birth we're seeing of the mockumentary? Like it's not quite there. It, it, there's, there's shades of like this, this idea kind of coming together. Yeah, it's almost right. like this is the prototype. I will say, though, this is like a little bit too like the Chris Gass movies kind of beat it to it, right? Because you've got like Waiting for Goffman and Spinal Tap before this. Yeah, not the mm. very first, but we're seeing we're seeing but it that's being a movie. sitcoms. Yeah, maybe, yeah, I was going to say maybe the first in like TV form. Maybe it's TV, yeah. I also feel like you can see a lot of, I was thinking about this the other day, that you can kind of see a lot of rest of development taking from this show. Like, there's a lot of, like, looking at the camera, a lot of sort of absurdity, I think, and both on Fox and not that far apart. I feel like there's some Arrested Development DNA here. But again, no, and it was mentioned earlier, you look at the real world and actual reality television, and it comes from that, really. It's just who were the Mm. first to take from those things and, and do the fictionalized version of it. But nobody in here got in a fight because somebody put their fingers in the peanut butter. This would have been, what, at the height of Survivor, too? Yeah, like the beginning um, yeah, of those shows. I mean, reality yeah. TV was getting huge. And American Idol was huge. Yeah. This is the first year, I think, of American Idol We're when everyone was really watching the spike in actual reality yeah. television in this time frame. So, yeah, it does make sense for that to start mirroring into styles being implemented into scripted television. That makes sense. But anyways, as far as that crash goes that he runs off to, we hear the audio, and it's Jordan's crying. He broke something. And now, because of him having another tantrum, it's like he he, like, pees like... It's like a reflex. Like when something bad happens, he just has to pee. He's like a dog. Yeah. So we get that shot of like Bernie, like holding him under his arm, like running him down like the hallway to like prevent <laughs> that him from wetting himself. Like, <laughs> that yeah, made, that made me laugh. laugh. This stuff That's is funny, right? I thought um, at times, at times, like I that think was. Jay okay. watched this in a bad mood. No, I watched it twice, and I felt the same way. Jay, both you times. love pee. What? You do love pee. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably, we call you the pee pee man. No, right hold. Doesn't talk about substance. Jay's hard drive anymore, guys. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. P videos, nothing like it. <laughs> Dead stop on Jay. That's tough to do. Good job. I, well, I'll break the fourth wall. I'll tell you exactly why I stopped. It's because I thought something that was funny, but you guys talked over it, and I didn't know if I should say it again or not. And then it would have came off as not authentic if I said it a second time. Say it again. Yeah, why don't you say it again? Okay, right hole, wrong substance. That's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. He meant okay. blood. But I said it earlier. It, it wasn't... Yeah, he meant blood. <laughs> yeah, I, I said it. So, that's the deep blood. 
So now we get Bernie's running back to the confessional, like from that scene. So you see him running back. And he's he's like out of breath. And I do like when we talk about like the things that are being written on the screen. Now we see his pulse count going up while he's sitting there. I thought that was pretty funny. And that's why the show is funny, though, is he's so serious at all this crazy shit going on, which stuff that does happen with kids. It's like they're complete opposites. He's not meant for this. And that's that's where the comedy is. I I get. Yeah. In theory, why it like what the premise is. I just felt that they could have done a better job of in like, I don't know, injecting moments that made me smile throughout the episode. And I thought maybe, and maybe parts as I think as the show unfolded, I think it did get a little bit better, but I think it started too heavy for me and it set the tone from there. We get to a new scene where Bernie's like in the living room or den area watching television. And the oldest Vanessa walks up behind him and says that she needs to get to the store He's like, well, I need to get to the Bahamas. Got a solution? He's just and he just starts dying laughing to himself. Yeah, I love that. See, this is a real laugh because his laugh is so funny. She's like, I need to get things, personal things, and it's like, oh no, like so. You know, she's going through um the change. You know, she's uh becoming a woman. We cut to them all in a car heading over to the store. As we all do right, and we get to a red light, and some like homeless looking guy runs up. And he spots Bernie, recognizing him. <laughs> this part made See, me laugh. Gordo laughing here makes me so happy because I laughed so hard at the scene that I felt like a bad person. Yeah, I thought this no, was the biggest hard. laugh I got. It was so what he did was very dickish, but I thought I did find this to be very funny because the guy's like, "Oh, Bernie, like he's like I haven't eaten in two weeks. Like I don't even remember what food tastes like anymore." He's like, "Oh, that doesn't matter." He's like, "Why?" He's like, "Cause it tastes the same." <laughs> He smiles, rolls the window up, and drives away. What a cocksucker! It's like, so funny. I did think funny. it was funny to tell him that. Like, <laughs> so you ain't missing anything. It still tastes the same. It yeah. peels out with children in the car. Oh, it's god, it's beautiful. <laughs> that that was good. <laughs> that was the first Correct. where I said I had a genuine oh, law and wrote it. It was right there. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. We're all talking about smoking. It's <laughs> like hawks along up on camera. We get them to the pharmacy, and I was a little confused what the interaction was between him and the pharmacist. It's an odd interaction. Does she recognize him? And she's well, trying he, to. He presents no. her, and I don't know if I missed something. So, can, let me know if I missed something. So. He gives her the prescription. Jordan's like, oh, by the way, I need this. And like hands him a prescription while they were driving. And he gives it to the pharmacist. And she's like kind of scolding him for not treating him. But he's asking for medicine right now. So I'm like, am I missing a step here? Like, what's the conflict? Why is the pharmacist like coming after him? It's like, you gave him cough drops? It's like, well, I'm trying to get medicine. Maybe it's a serious thing. But what did I miss? I mean, you guys watched it. <laughs> what, what I, mean, I think here? that she's just not taking him seriously and he doesn't understand He's trying to get medicine. What's there to not take seriously? He's like, can I have this prescription? I've always had very good experiences with pharmacists, so I don't know. I think that she's under the assumption that he's her, that Jordan is Bernie's son. And that jo- that Bernie is aware of Jordan's condition. He should and, have more knowledge. Yeah. I think that that's what the scolding is for. I think you're right, Gordo. Clip that, because that's the first time. <laughs> Gordo, you're right all the time, buddy. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Aw. So, all right. I don't know, it kind of went over me at the time, but I was like, whatever. And now he hears the kids arguing in the background, so he runs over. And now the two youngest are like, 
holding each end of a cereal box and fighting over it. A box of Fruityos. And I actually found it very, I don't know if you guys looked, I, I was paused at the time and there's just, all those cereals are fake cereals. Yeah, and yeah. there's just like dozens of fake cereals. And I'm like, is there like a fake supermarket, like drugstore that they just keep like on set to have? Cause like, this is a lot of set decoration for like a quick scene. You know what I mean? Like, is this like a multi-use for like all different shows? Honestly, it would be smart if there's just a set built somewhere that is just giving, like just convenience store, just grocery store. For like right? any, any show can use it real quick. Right, yeah, just to go quickly, because, like, in movies, they use them, right? Like, if you think of, like, Cobra, there's that opening scene where there's, like, the shootout in the grocery store. You have to see enough of that to know it's not a set, so you have to, like, rent something and dress it, which costs a ton of money. I think that's why you see it a lot in movies and stuff, too, when they do that. It's a lot of product placement, because that's how they can afford to do it, is, like, Pepsi or somebody will be like, we'll give you the money to do it if you shoot our logo for some reason like i don't get the advertisement thing it but. is funny that they use actual at&t but they can't get kellogg's to allow you to use fruit Loops. it was but like, it was just like so many different fa- i was like but doesn't amazed. he say count chocula he mentions he count chocula but if you pause and unless some of these are like generic cereals i don't know it's count chocules it's not the actual <laughs> if you look at the actual boxes along the wall when they show like this if you were to pause it there were just so many fake random cereals like but just it wasn't like two or three you know what i mean so that's why i was amazed by it like this whole shelf is filled with fake cereal maybe they're just rich la brands did you get any of the names fruitios was the only one i noticed at the time was the box they were holding i thought it was the most important to mention and then i'd have to go back and look it does seem like though those might be just like generic brands too right could could also be that like cinnamon squares well, there's always generic yeah. brand cereals too. So like, yeah. uh, like something like Fruityos has probably been used at this point in time now. Whether or not it's, it's like how Frosted Flakes can't own the name Frosted Flakes. So that's how they made that. I forget who owns it. I, I don't remember who has General Mills and who's on like Kellogg's or whatever. Or Post or whoever. There's a Lucky Charms Frosted Flakes crossover cereal. That's not a true crossover. They can just legally use the name Frosted Flakes because it's too generic of a name to trademark. Interesting. So they just made their own Frosted Flakes and mixed them with the Lucky Charms because whatever company owns Frosted Flakes can't do shit about it, which sucks. I love Frosted Flakes. I love both of those cereals. And for a while, you could actually get, um, for a while, for some reason, they were making Lucky Charms gluten-free. And then it must have been cheaper to go to a different factory. And they were like, not anymore. And I was like, oh, but I used to eat just like dry handfuls of uh, Lucky Charms. They're magically delicious. They are. They're magically delicious. I've been really into dry cereal lately. I don't like milk anymore as I get older. Like I said, I'll put a splash in my coffee, but like I will pour a full bowl of dry cereal and eat it as a snack now. Yeah, Fruityos was a legit cereal. Well, yeah, but again, it could not be this. It was it from could the be company Brach, Brach's, B-R-A-C-H apostrophe S. Brocks. Brax. Brocks. Do they also, I think they also make a uh, cheese doodle. And it's a whole Jack Twitter, the a whole Twitter that is bring back Fruityos. seven followers yeah yeah just to cycle back frosted flakes is made by kellogg's and then general mills has lucky charms but was able to make lucky charms frosted flakes but because frosted flakes can't do anything about it very sneaky there's an amazing series on it was a history channel i think that's it's on hulu now though if you have hulu called the foods that made us and it's like a 10 part really interesting series with like reenactments like a docuseries like talking to people who made the toys that made us no it's before that so there's a bunch of them though it's like 
or maybe it's the foods that built America. I think it might be called. And there's a bunch of the same series, like the things that did whatever America. But yeah, they go into all the people in the cereal and how cereal became a thing and how it became like a household thing. It's very, very interesting. It was a health food at first. It was to make people like like you fed it to people at like sanitariums. It wasn't like a thing that was originally for like mass consumption, which would explain why I'm the one who does cereal right. And by eating Crispex, get the fuck out of here, you bland bitch. <laughs> I know Crispex are the best in when you mix them in with uh, trail mix. Captain Crunch all day. And no, again, it wouldn't be Crispex that would be the best. It would be, um, fuck it, fuck, what is it? But the sweetened rice flavor with the trail mix tastes so good. Coco, that's, that's rice krispies. No, no, those are sweet, those are actual sweet, not sweetened rice. Like, you talking about, like, white rice with, like, sugar on it? No, no, Crispex <laughs> are made, of, they're rice-based. <laughs> sugar white rice. Gross. <laughs> I do like though that last week we talked about uh, putting egg, or two weeks ago we talked about like putting egg in your uh, rice, and now we're just talking about putting rice in your cereal. This has been a real weird rice. Uh... <laughs> I thought Gordon was going to say something, so I paused, and it got really weird. Are we in a simulation right now? What's going on? Mid sentence. Yeah, this has been a real weird rice. Uh... Oh, the matrix is glitching. <laughs> Joe, you have been in the stroke. Senate for way too long. <laughs> I'll say this Jordan's freakouts by the way are so realistic they're uncomfortable like he as a child is such a good actor I 100% but, agree yep but yes. it was like too yeah. much to the point where I'm like shut the fuck up I'm like stop it yeah, this like, kid sucks <laughs> but, but in realistic he's doing a great job <laughs> the actor's doing a great job I think he's fairly too old to be acting like that but I think he's gone through some shit though right like yeah some people age I would agree with that if his mother died, but her just having a drug problem and she gets to go on a vacation to L.A. is no reason to act like that. Not how that mentally works. That, that like, oh, I get to go on vacation. It's like, that's not how that is. She could have been gone. The kids could have had times where they didn't eat. There could have been cops at the house. There could have been, like, guys who abused them. There's a lot of bad stuff when you're like that. And that should have made him more hard, not a little bitch. <laughs> Walk hard. <laughs> okay. Um, well, anyways... Yeah, I can say the opinions of Ferg in this moment are not shared by the S1. Let's make podcast. that clear. This is Ferg only opinion. So, anyways, this whole argument, though, like, I didn't understand. Like, why are these two kids, first off, fighting over a single box of cereal? There's more Fruitios in the shelves that someone could grab the other box. Also, these small children don't need a whole box each to themselves. They could, if they convince Bernie to buy it, they're both going to have some. Why isn't Bernie thinking this way? When Bernie shows up, he's like, well, just have some Count Chocula. Or how about just tell them there's plenty of Fruityos for everybody. Don't worry about it. You have a giant it. house. Just get as many boxes of cereal as they want. They're like $2 a box, Bernie. Come on. There's enough Fruityos in the box for both of them. And if you have to be like, I'll just buy two boxes of fruit. Buy all the Fruityos. It's not a big deal. I thought he said, I thought they said that that was the last one, but the two you kids were screaming. You can see more screaming. on the shelf. They were on the yeah, shelf. Yeah, you can see more. Because he said, oh, no, okay. he said he was giving another one. He's like, but I want this one. Oh, Have you guys okay, never okay. seen siblings before? Like, that's how they act. Is that I a movie? I want the one that they have. Like, no, it's just in life. <laughs> We've seen Jay and his brother. <laughs> I know. I had, I have two siblings. Yeah. And I remember how you treated them. <laughs> Me and my brother like very different cereals. He's telling Jordan, Bernie's telling Jordan that he needs to grow up a little bit and be more like a man. See? 
He's like, I don't want to be a man. And then is about to just pull his dick out and start peeing. <laughs> As he's saying, I don't want to be a man, he's pulling his pants down. I was fucking losing it at this yeah, point. Yeah, me too. Him peeing himself is one thing, which is what I assumed was happening throughout the episode. Why was he about to, like, whip his dick out and start peeing in a supermarket? <laughs> That's a very different thing. <laughs> and then Bernie's response is to start spanking a little kid who's pulling his dick out. It was a weird time. And then the people watching are like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Rightfully so. So the spanking thing, I don't understand on either level. Like, but while he's trying to pee, (laughs) like first priority, put your dick back in your pants. That should be priority one. Not like this is a prime opportunity to start spanking him. While the kid's actively still trying to take it out. I think that's progress. He's already peed himself a bunch of times. Keeps ruining his pants. This time he tried to just pee on the floor. I'm kind of with Ferg on this one. At least he's not pissing his pants. I guess he's growing up. (laughs) (laughs) I love how he's just running him also, too, in that long hallway shot. And he's holding him, like, above his head like, like he is peeing, trying to run to a bathroom, and he's screaming. Another thing about this is this also shows that, like, these aren't just accidents. He's aware of what he's doing because he tries to do it at that point. Well, the which only- yeah. kind of gets mirrored because from there, we never get the – we just see him running by and then it cuts to later that night when Bernie's in bed with his wife. And we find out he ended up peeing on the film counter. <laughs> and Wanda straight up says, like, this kid's been through a lot. Like, he's probably just, like, expressing his, like, missing his mom. Like, this is all, like, you know, lashing out, essentially, that this is this is the cause of it. It's, like, all the trauma he's going through. I mean, that makes sense. It yeah, manifests I, itself in weird ways in children. I'm sorry, did I miss it? Is she in jail, or is she in, like, rehab? I think she's in jail. They said jail, I think, yeah. I thought the dad was in jail. I don't remember the mom I thought there was, like, a, like an offline, like, kind of, like, in, in conversation that insinuated that both parents were in jail at some point. Yeah, and I think he says, like, who turned you in? I thought that Bernie said that who turned you in. Oh, okay. Yeah, which would be which would be jail. Yeah, that's not a hospital rehab stay. And then we get um while he's talking to his wife, we hear Jordan coughing from the other room again. And this is when we needed this, right? So now we it's like a new montage and it's Bernie actually kind of being a parent to this kid for the first time instead of just tough loving him. You get him like helping him with the cough medicine and this is all to the um, Ooh Child by uh, Five Stair Steps, which is um, another classic song that they're using. It's an effective song for the scene, too. It's a very good montage yeah. song, yeah. Also, when I thought, like, the fact that, I bet this was deliberate, too, because they're a Chicago band, and this came out on, like, Windy City Records, and I think this show is supposed like, he's wearing a Bears jersey, like, in the episode, too, so yeah, I, I do think that this was, he probably wanted someone that was, like, yeah, of the area, too. And Bernie's probably from Chicago, but he lives in L.A. now because yeah. Hollywood stuff, yeah. I do think, so the montage was sweet. Now, I'm all on board for him helping him out with this bathroom issue as well. Are you going to say that why did he have to hover over him while he had his dick Why out? did he have to, yes, watch, physically watch him pee like he's taking a drug test and, like, teach him how to aim while he's staring at the kid's dick? I thought that was... See, you don't, don't take it as he's staring at the kid's dick. He's just, it's, he's bonding with him, teaching him stuff that his father should have taught him. I'm going to go half here. I don't think he's staring at his dick. I think it's a weird way to do, though. The shot of him hovering over him, looking down, I I just thought, I'm, I'm not saying it in a pervy way, in a funny way. I just, like, it was well, awkward. Well, you've set a precedent me. that everything comes off as a pervy way now. I just thought it was really awkward. It's like, I, I just didn't see why that was how they needed to tackle the him helping him with the issue. 
I feel like if they cut back and he was sitting on like a chair in there or like on the tub and he like flushed the toilet and looked at him and he went like thumbs up kid that would have been enough to like show that he was showing him how to do it but like a giant man over the little kid is a little weird of a visual he could have even had like his his hands over his eyes and then maybe heard that it wasn't landing right and like grabbed him by the arm and like pulled him over to the side to like line yeah, him up yeah yeah like he's peeing on the wall and he spins him yeah like something like that i don't know i just thought the the shot of from the perspective of the toilet of them both looking down like just was i don't know that thought that was a weird shot there's that French artistic style right there. I think there. you're right. I think it does come back to that. There is a scene in the 400 Blows where a guy is showing a girl, a little kid how to piss in a tub. But I thought it was good to have that scene. I think the show really needed that kind of bonding moment because at this point he's so disconnected from all the kids that there had to be that, like, that hope spot. It's a weird spot, but it's a good montage too. Like it works. I'm glad that they use this too because it does move the story along because we're getting towards the end of the episode here. And you have to progress the story. Yeah, we're really late in the episode, and at this point, he has no connection to these children. So, like, he needed something where it was like, it's okay. like we've got like four minutes left in the episode, and you hate these kids. It's not a good way to go. Like, I want to see episode two of this. Yeah. So now it's the next scene. The scene's titled Uncle Daddy. Uh, they did that with uh, one of the other scenes. I, I forgot to mention that too, but a couple times they titled the the scenes themselves, and we see Bernie sitting at maybe the world's smallest table with three of his friends playing cards and smoking cigars. And this is, they're doing the, that 70s show when they're high at the circular table, like continuous circle shot. Yeah. So they're all sitting at the table together. And again, I know it's a card table, but it looks so tiny when the four of them were sitting there. It was like no room to operate. Maybe they're just big boys. Big beefy boys. They're all talking and joking around. And while that's happening, you see Vanessa walk by and grab the phone and leave. And then Bernie runs over to see what's going on. And like Vanessa, like locked herself in the room and she was talking on the phone. And then Carl Spencer is like, if she says something funny, let me know. I'm going to steal it from her and use it for my own. Was he one of the guys? I didn't even notice. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. He's the oh, one I didn't the even right notice. Of yeah, yeah. I didn't notice either. I haven't thought of him in fucking ages. Where were There's you two when we that. talked about this earlier in this yeah, episode? We talked with like a five minute conversation. He's like, I don't know. So when he's, he's like talking to her like through the thing and then like starts chasing her down the hallway. And all about this. Like, you're not allowed to use the phone. I thought that the phone example was a little extreme. Like, I get that, like, don't touch anything in the house, but, like, you're not allowed to use the phone. It wasn't that. It was that he tried to talk to her, and she gave him the cold shoulder in front of his friends and embarrassed them. So it could have been anything. So he just yelled at her for taking the phone without permission. It was the disrespect. Yeah, I think if she grabbed a water bottle or the remote control or anything, he would have had the same reaction. Because they have the conversation near the fridge where... She's like, well, you never say anything about the phone specifically. You said I can't touch, you know, the TV Damn, or she's the right. player or, or your happy rap. This is an actual lull for me, too. It's like he breaks the fourth wall again. He's like, technically, she's right. Technically. It's like, that was actually very funny. <laughs> and it showed she paid attention. She line by line everything he said that they couldn't touch. She like runs into a room. And he's like chasing after again. It's like the open the door. You're not my daddy. No, but I'll whoop your ass just like your daddy. And you'll go to jail just like my daddy, too. Like. I thought that was a good clapback from her. That's some damn darkness right there, too. But yeah, again, it's very, I don't know. It's like the, it, and I'm not trying to sound like 2023 overly like sensitive towards subjects, but his constant threatening to like just beat these children up at all times just seemed like a bit much. It was like his default all the time. Like, I don't know if you guys watched F is for Family, Bill Burr's like cartoon on Netflix. I thought it was really, watched, really yeah, funny. I lo- I'm not caught up on it, but I loved it. 
I love it. But Nick, you'll rec- like that's his whole character, right? But because it's the seventies, it works. He's constantly <laughs> yeah. telling his kids he's gonna put him through a fucking wall. I'll come home like, and put you through that fucking wall. Yeah, so, like it's super funny because it's seventy five or whatever. You is know? that the one with the animation that's almost like Doctor Katz? No, the animation uh-huh. this one kind of looks like King of the Hill a little. Yeah, yeah, more King of the Hill than anything. But I agree because that's supposed to be the seventies. It's not awkward, but in this, you're like even in two thousand and one, if some a parent told me to beat their kid until the white meat showed you'd be like i think i have to call a department of something on this guy well i mean and that's what happens the you know the yeah. social worker shows up so i just want to take a moment to mention um while we're recording whichever one of you i'm assuming gordo followed the fruitio's twitter account I, I just want to let you know that they did follow us back uh, so, so um so now <laughs> yes. we're being followed by the fruitio's bring back fruitio's account Great, now unfollow them. And again, an opportunity for all of you to follow <laughs> us as well. So if you're on Instagram or X, follow us at S1E1Pod. Give us a follow, and then we can all help and join the revolution to bring back Fruitio as a cereal that I didn't know was real. I didn't want to go back into it, but on further like review, it's a fruit snack. So it's not even a cereal. It's not even the cereal? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Oh, we've, been, we've been fucking up the branding here. We cut to the next morning, and there's a social worker who's over the house. And apparently Vanessa called and told about, like, how he's threatening to beat her and all this stuff like that. So I don't think she called. I think he was coming no matter what. It's not said or anything. But the I fact agree. that he got told on by multiple kids, I think him taking them in, they have to have a social oh, visit anyway. Oh, it was a routine visit? Yeah. I thought it was her because, like, I don't know, the way things work out later and there's a scene with her later on, I just kind of thought that she was the one who invited him over. Because the do- the little one, littlest one, even tells about the big-ass donut thing, Yeah, too. but I, I just like... figured once he showed up that he talked to them all. So I was under the impression that she called to get him over the house, but... Yeah, I was too, but... But we'd have to watch that back. I didn't catch it. Could be one, yeah, could, yeah, it could be one way or the other. But either way, there's a social worker at the house. And they're kind of going over all these things, like how he threatened to beat Vanessa and him using profanities. And that's how we find out that the youngest had mentioned Big Ass Donut. <laughs> he had to have been. It had to have been routine because she's not allowed to use the phone. Well, but she does anyways. <laughs> but there's also this, like the social workers kind of like, hey, listen, like we both know this is the best situation for the kids. So I'm just going over these things with you so we can kind of work on them because I don't want this to go away. I appreciate that, too, that he's like, look, this is clearly better than the scenario. You're a rich guy with a big house, and the kids are living here now. They were living in a bad situation before. However, we maybe we need to go over some things because you're not a dad, and this is new to you. I also love that he doesn't deny any of it. He's unapologetic. He just says, yeah, but they were doing this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, did you say big ass donut? <laughs> he does get nervous here because he's asking Bernie if he smokes. He's like, well, cigars, but like only in the den and like not in front of the kids. And then you hear Jordan coughing from the other room. <laughs> That's a great, great <laughs> edit. Yeah. And we get back to the confessional and he's being very emotional and more emotional than earlier when he was talking about the kids. So this is why I think before he was playing it up, but he's like, they're trying to take my babies from me. And he's like going on and on about it for a second. And I thought this was very projected. Like I knew where the joke was going. He holds up his cigars and he's worried that they're going to take the cigars away from him. That's, that's his, his nerves. His babies. Did you guys see that coming? I, I like. I felt like I. I felt like yeah, that was obviously yeah. 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 obvious. Either that or like a stack of James Brown CDs. Why would they take those away? Yeah, why would they take them? <laughs> I just if they were his babies. James and he was Brown is terrible for it. children. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was terrible for children. We get to later in the day. It's nighttime, and Brianna walks in the room. Brianna, Brianna. Sorry, I keep messing up her name. Brianna. Brianna is the young girl. 
I think they refer to her as like baby girl most of the time too. Yeah, they just say baby girl. Yeah, it's baby girl, and then like Vanessa, they call Nessa. So she walks in and she's telling Bernie that she's scared. She's like waking him up. He's in bed, and he's like scared of what? And she's like of you. <laughs> That's a bummer. It's like oh shit. And then she apologizes uh, for breaking his record. You know, so she's sitting there going. <laughs> Jay's auditioning for his future career in voiceover. I'm trying to yeah, for the re, for the cartoon show. I want to do the voice of Baby Girl. So he tells her not to Call worry. Larry Wilmore. He did the PJs. He's got some cartoon experience. So Bernie's telling her basically, like, "Hey, listen, like, don't worry about it. I forgive you because you said you were sorry." He's walking her down the hallway to take her to bed, and like they kind of stop in the middle because a lot of hallway, and she's asking if he's their daddy now and he's like no i'm still your uncle and she's like well can i call you uncle daddy and he's like no call me uncle bernie <laughs> that was kind of emotional though i th- yeah i thought like i thought it was cute for her to say that and then but i would have almost just not used it because him then saying no i'm just your uncle kind of took away from them them bonding a little bit you know what i mean it like created that little separation again is bernie and don't be a menace to south central I haven't watched that movie in a long time. so I feel I, like I, he might be in it, but there's that line that was like, what do we say when we meet nice man kids? Like, are you my daddy? Which is like the line from the movie that I always think of. And I thought I remember Bernie Mac being in that, but I'll have to look it up. After that scene, we get to like another confessional, the last confessional of the episode. And we're kind of rounding out from earlier when he's talking to us in the beginning. You know, basically the, now you know what I mean when I said like, you know, I told you I wanted to kill those kids. And basically kind of saying, like, listen, you know, I'll be the bad guy if I have to be. Like, that's kind of the message he's giving, but it's all for, like, you know, for the right reasons. And while he's talking, it pans over and the music cuts because there's, like, music going on in the background. And we see Vanessa at the door. And she says she's sorry. And then she leaves. So I thought it was because of the social worker. But maybe it was just for the using the phone or whatever in general. But in any event, he's saying, hey, like, that's progress. You know, like, because they had basically no relationship this whole episode. And as he's going on, now we have Jordan do the same thing. Jordan walks up to the door and the camera pans over from this confessional. And he's like, I'm sorry. He's like, well, for what? He's like, oh, you don't know? And runs off. And then you just get like Bernie running off after him. With his belt. Yeah. Again, we talk about this all the time. This should have been the end of the episode. Yeah. I agree. We did not need this postscript. The postscript yeah. knocked us down a few but The post scene, though, wasn't. I think that was probably a credit scene or something because that was at least like a flashback that wasn't like they extended the episode. Sure, but in a, for pilot though, it should just be right to the credits. Like that should be the end scene. So the way it looks was, I think this was cut and then they just in- interjected it because I had the footage. Yeah. Because this is back to earlier when he initially picks the kids up at the airport and two other kids run out like off the jet bridge, like while he's waiting and give him a big hug and looks behind him and go and like behind where Bernie's standing with these kids hugging him uh, is these kids' grandparents. Like, do you know who this is? This is Bernie Mac. And, like, the, the boy is trying to, like, get into his, like, one of Bernie's jokes, and he cuts him off. He's like, oh, and, like, because obviously whatever joke was going to be inappropriate. Pretty blue. And as he goes, like, you know, the kids go back to the grandparents, and the grandparents are like, oh, you must be a big star. Like, whatever that dialogue is, at the very end, you see the agent kind of walking into the shot from the jet bridge. Yeah. So I believe what happened was, if they had placed that scene where it was intended, it was probably shot to be, we think these are the kids that are going to be yeah. his kids. And yeah. they give him a big hug, but then you find out, no, those aren't the kids. The real kids are on the thing. So I don't know why they placed it here as an end credit scene because it didn't fit sequentially. Like the whole It should have been in children, the show when the episode should have just ended on the 
Yeah, the whole thing the with these kids, we, we were supposed if the, if it was put where it was supposed to be placed in the episode, it's supposed to be a psych out. So we think yeah, that those are switch. the kids, yeah. that he's gonna you know be taking in. But didn't Fox at this time? I think this is a network thing because I believe Fox at the time would always play these like postscript yeah. scenes in credits they to like kind of, of shows, bring you right. into the next show. Usually it was like bloopers. <laughs> yeah, I was expecting this to be a blooper in all honesty. You know what I think happened? I think they probably filmed it, cut it, said, no, that doesn't really work. And then all of a sudden they were like, wait, our episode's too short. So they just threw it at the end. Oh, that could be true. I mean, I don't know. I just felt like there was better ways around it. And because there was a clear place where that was shot and cut from, like where it literally bled into the scene that we saw, it, it just uh, it felt out of place and kind of a weird button to the end of the episode. Regardless, that's how it ended, and that's that's how this whole episode ends. Yeah, I consider the real ending when he chased the kid away. <laughs> Agreed. Since we're done, just to go over a couple little things, I saw. Um, even though Fox had some concerns about this pilot after it was made, I think, like I said, I think it kind of mirrors kind of some of my concerns. Uh, debuted to over eleven million viewers. I remember being very excited for this show and like waiting for it to come yeah. on. Bernie was a big deal. I mean, like, this was the big height of, like, all those comedians of comedy guys, like, Cedric yeah, Entertainer. King, of Kings of comedy. Kings of comedy. Kings of comedy. I, was gonna say, I, say? I think you said that earlier, too. And I, and I was yeah. like, did he say comedian? What did I say? Comedians you keep saying comedians. <laughs> comedians. Oh, that's just comedy. redundant, Joe. <laughs> I think that's a different thing, though. I think that actually is a thing, though. Sounds like a parody of the thing. Yeah. What's the redneck one? With all the, the redneck... Um, with uh, Larry the Cable Guy, Gordon's yeah. favorite health inspector. Oh, what is oh, that one? What is it? Oh, it's like Ron White, Larry the Cable yeah. Guy, Jeff Foxworthy. That's the red. That's the Redneck Comedy Tour. No, but it was called something similar. Blue Collar, Blue Collar Comedy Blue Col- Tour. Yeah, yes. yeah, Blue Collar. Yeah. Oh, the comedians of comedy was the Patton Oswalt thing with um, Zach Galifianakis and Maria Bamford. Okay. And, um, okay. I don't like Maria Bamford, Joe. I enjoy her comedy very much. Oh, cool. Anyways, Jay, you were saying? Uh no, that was all I was really saying. <laughs> um. But in any event, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to say about the episode itself or Bernie Mac, but I mean, I've kind of exhausted everything I know about the show. No, I didn't actually get to look up any extra facts on this one. Yeah, just just as this episode won an Emmy, which is pretty cool, and that it gave they gave them the opportunity to do a final season, which I always appreciate. Like, I hate when shows are in that limbo period and they just end. I like that, like when a show gets a like fifth and final season, so they can write. A yeah, story my name out. is I, Earl. I Give that. us a real ending. My name is Earl. Jason Lee's out there, and he's listening. So I'll say this. I respect the creative decisions to kind of do the single camera shot, and I see what they were doing, and like I said, I read up on it, and there was a lot of thought put into how they filmed it and stuff like that. I would have preferred to see how this, how Bernie would have been in a more standard three-camera sitcom with, that, with, that, with a few more laughs in it, like this authentic kind of gritty version of I don't of think that would have worked. I think I it would have been his style. Everything about this show was like catered to him. And I don't think it would have worked as a classic three camera. Oh, I think it absolutely could have. Now, see, I think the the confessional, the one on one with the audience is what like really not only separates this, but makes it what it makes it good too. like if it's just a traditional sitcom. Not that I said not that I think it would be bad, but I, it wouldn't be the same. And, it, and like he needs to. It's just who he is. He's such like a commanding presence. Like you need to have him be the button on everything. And you wouldn't have gotten that, I think, if it was a traditional yeah. style sitcom. 
I don't think it would have worked the way like a home improvement or a um every loves Raymond or something would have worked. Like, Birdie, your wife took away my AT&T privileges. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not gonna be the show with this character. <laughs> no, I think I gotta change my mind because I watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I do kinda wanna watch that now. Brad Garrett and Bernie Mac in. Everybody hates Bernie. I mean everybody <laughs> loves Bernie. Well, in any event, uh, I think we've kind of exhausted everything there is to say about this show. So if you guys want to get into the green letter cancel, I'll go in the order I see you in right now. Ferg, starting with you. Yeah, I wasn't very secretive. I love this show. I love Bernie Mac. I'm not going to cancel anything with Bernie Mac. I thought it was a lot funnier than you did. I thought, other than the littlest girl who I'll give a pass to, I thought the kids were great child actors. The uh, The other two. And I'm sure the little one grows into it being a little better. But again, her only role was being cute, and she succeeded. Bernie Mac knew that role well and did it well. Uh, you don't get a lot of the wife in this episode, but I know she has a much bigger role bonding with the oldest one later. Yeah, everything. They, you got to know every character. It was good. All the scenarios were uh, relatable. Just a solid show altogether. Uh, green light. Joe. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Ferg said. I love Bernie Mac. I think this was really funny. I had a few genuine laughs in it. The one thing I do wish, though, is that you did get more of the wife, because I feel like that's the one. If we could have gotten rid of Carlos Mencia and just had that extra 30 seconds of the wife, like, getting more of her character in, because you get the funny stuff with her at the beginning, and then you get a the little bit of, like, her real character in the bed with him towards the end. I wish there was something to, like, middle that a little bit. But yeah, I, I laughed a lot at this. I don't remember watching it a lot when it was on. I saw it here and there, I think, just in passing. And it, it did want to watch the next episode. So I'm, this has to be streaming somewhere, I imagine, at this point. But when I, fister, when I finish Mystery Iglesias, which I have almost finished at this point, I, uh, I might put this on next. It's I believe light. it's on Hulu, Joe. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Nick. Yeah. Um, I mean, trying not to echo what Ferg and Joe said. It's a green light. It's just... Uh, it. Especially around this time where there's a lot of comedian sitcoms happening, they made it more unique, which I think was really smart on their part because it could have just drowned in, you know, the sea of uh, similar stuff. So, like like I said at the beginning, it's Bernie Mac. He's kind of a, you know, an icon of his time. So, uh, it's tough not to love. But even, you know, putting that aside, uh, I I like... The idea, like the idea behind the story, him, you know, watching these kids that aren't his. Um, it's just, I don't know, it has a lot of potential, and I'm into it. I want to see another episode, and um, it was it was a good show, so green light. Gordo. Yeah, um, I'm not going to rock the boat here. This is definitely a green light for me. I thought that the chemistry in the writing in this show was really, really good. Like, these actors all felt like they worked together for a long time. Like they just had that mid season kind of chemistry between them. I'm not going to say anything that everybody else hasn't already said. So other than I didn't check the time of this episode once, which is always refreshing. And I don't think anybody else did, but that's my only contribute, my only contribution. So green light. All right. So I guess I am going to rock the boat. <laughs> um, I don't know. I Like I said, I just didn't find this to be very funny. I like Bernie Mac a lot. I own Mr. 3000 on DVD. Um, I'm a fan of his, but... Is it maybe the last great baseball movie? Mm, I'd have to think of... No, I really liked Moneyball. 
Yeah, oh, Moneyball. I guess Moneyball is based on the movie. Okay, you're good on you. You're right. What about the Joe LeBlanc with the monkey playing baseball? Oh God, Matt LeBlanc and the monkey. I forgot about that. That was definitely uh, before this, though. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I just thought there was a lot of really heavy tone to it, and we've canceled all the shows for similar reasons, right? So Blossom and Growing Pains, things I've canceled. Where I like the shows, and I don't know enough about the Bernie Mac show. Like I'd have to watch more of it to like get a real vibe for it. But I do find it interesting after I watched it and formulated my opinion and then started reading up to see that Fox had similar concerns about like the tone of the show and stuff like that. So I just thought that they're dealing with a lot of heavy topics, but not enough comedic balance. So it just felt heavy for me. And when I watch sitcoms, I want to escape sad. Like, I don't mind you tackling heavy topics, but the way that this one kind of just felt like just a bummer the whole time. Just there wasn't enough for me, so for me it's to cancel. Again, I would be willing to like see more of it, and you know, I feel I'd be curious to see what the season two like adjustments are once um they got rid of the creator, where the network was kind of pushing for all this different stuff. But cancel for me, but regardless, it doesn't matter because still a four out of five. So congratulations to the Bernie Mac show. You live on for episode two. I want to remind everyone once again: go to s one e one pod dot com. That's where you can find all the links to our social medias, everywhere we can follow us, rate us, listen, all that stuff, all on s1e1pod.com. Leave us a review. If you leave us a review and then send it to us and let us know that you did so, we will follow you on any social media if you're choosing. Just kind of a nothing special, but just our little way of saying thank you back so we can interact. But regardless of that, one way or another, hit us up on all those social media platforms and talk to us. We love hearing from you guys. We love knowing how you find out about the show, what episodes you like things you want us to cover, all that stuff. It's, it's been um, really humbling and awesome to be able to talk to you guys. So keep doing that. We appreciate it. But until then, we'll catch you again next week. We have another new episode for you. Thank you so much. Catch you then. Goodbye. I think we got the best big-ass crumbs. <laughs> we didn't even mention that one.